What's up, everybody? This is Ryan Staley, and you are listening to the Sales and Marketing Built Freedom Podcast, where we share with you the underground ninja skills and tactics the top sales and marketing leaders are using to create financial and lifestyle freedom. And the question that everybody is asking is, how do I create financial and lifestyle freedom for me? That is the question, and this show is the answer. What is up, everybody? I am here for the Sales and Marketing Built Freedom Podcast. I'm Ryan Staley. I have two very, very special guests today. I have Andrew Gazdecki and Kevin Trigge. Kevin is the marketing genius and founder of Brand Arrow. Andrew is the CEO of MicroAcquire. Gentlemen, welcome. Happy to be doing the three-man weave with you right now. Yeah, thanks for having us. Thanks for having me, Ryan. Appreciate it. Or us, I should say. You pronounced Kevin's last name wrong, I think. Shroggy. Shroggy. Which which kind of sucks because I've known Kevin for like a year, but I've never had to pronounce his last name live. He's my boy. I got to get his back. No, that's good, man. I kind of suck for for doing that. I checked. Even challenged you, Ryan, before we started. So, Kevin, I apologize that, man. Uh, so to give everybody a backdrop on, on why I'm talking to these fine gentlemen today is so Andrew basically is a CEO of MicroAcquire. And I, I think that you guys had 9,000% growth over like nine months, I think is what you had on there. Um, on top of it, you've had two exits. You were the CRO at Spiff, I noticed, and then 30 under 30 as an entrepreneur, 30 under 30. Did I leave anything out, man? Did I cover everything? I, I got a bunch of bad jokes. Um, that's probably a good highlight. Uh, no, that was um, that was a lot. Um, you made me sound cooler than I am. Thank you. <laughs> no, I think you've done amazing stuff. And then Kevin, Kevin's an, an, an amazing person. I've known Kevin for about a year, even though I mispronounced his last name. Um, and Kevin has done amazing work in the marketing arena and has done massive work in terms of scaling SaaS companies with his genius. So, Gentlemen, why don't you give yourself, just give a little bit of a backdrop on you, kind of like your superhero origin story to everybody so they get an understanding about who you are, where you came from, and kind of how you got to this point. So, so Kevin, why don't you go first, man? Yeah, so uh, I've been doing marketing for about 15 years now um, in various roles. Uh, and the same time, I've always been very entrepreneurial. During that time, I've started a couple uh, interesting enough app companies, which Andrew started up as well. Um, after I sold my app company, I ended up working with Andrew at his uh, at business app as the head of marketing there. Um, <clears throat> then I kind of just wanted to go on and do my own thing after uh, we exited from business apps and started up Brand Arrow uh, almost two years ago now. Um, even with COVID happening, um, we've been seeing some amazing growth. Uh, and there's been a lot of success with uh, SaaS companies I'm working with and some other clients as well. Nice, man. Awesome. How about you, Andrew? I feel like you cover most of it. Uh, <laughs> so, yeah, I've been uh, an entrepreneur my whole career. I'm kind of like that kid that's always had some sort of you know side hustle or business going on. And so, um, like Kevin mentioned, I started a company called Business Apps in college. Um, and the way I met Kevin was... Um, well, like we, you came in my office and like, you know, we hired you, but Kevin was literally the best marketer that I ever worked with. So um, we've always 
stayed in touch and I had a blast working with them. But yeah, so business app started that uh, when I was 21. Uh, sold it to a private equity firm when I was 29. After that, did some blockchain thing, which was also acquired. And now I'm um, trying to help other entrepreneurs uh, sell their businesses um, without some of the traditional friction that you'd see in the market today. And um, having a blast and uh, yeah, just really enjoy building companies, I guess you could say. That's awesome. Yeah, and I love that you guys have kind of stayed with each other time in and time out and then kind of separated and then refound each other. So it's a great story and um, I think it's cool, man. Um, I love it. So uh, kind of going through, let's let's kind of move on. So so talk a little bit about MicroQuire and kind of what's going on there. I know both of you guys have, have been really deep on the massive growth that you're experiencing. So would love everybody to get an understanding about what you guys are doing, your mission, and um, kind of take it from there. Yeah, so MicroQuire allows founders to sell their business without any commissions, any fees, any exclusivity. And really the genesis of the business was me just kind of going through, uh, you know, personal pains, you know, looking to sell two of my own businesses. And then after exiting those two businesses, I moved to the buy side and I looked at the market and I thought, you know, there needs to be another way for founders to quickly meet buyers that reduces the friction involved. Um, Because typically when you sell a business, you'll work with an investment bank or you'll work with a broker. It'll take, you know, three to four months to even get to market. You'll pay a high commission. There's definitely a place for those services in the market, but uh, just kind of scratch my own itch where I felt, you know, entrepreneurs, especially on the lower end where their businesses, essentially small businesses where they're too small for traditional private equity, you know, even traditional investment banks, there's just not, it's not big enough of a company to really bring them on um, and run a process. And so MicroQuire really just helps to serve, um, you know, small tech companies and give them, you know, options for meeting buyers quickly and without any of the, you know, the headaches that you kind of go through when you sell a business. So what, when you say small, what do you mean by that? Like what size range would you say is kind of like a sweet spot for you guys? Yeah. So when I first launched MicroQuire, the idea was micro. It was anything under uh, 500,000 in annual recurring revenue. We started by specifically focusing on SaaS businesses, but since then we've expanded to e-commerce, marketplaces, mobile apps, um, even you know, some pretty interesting crypto companies, really any sort of tech business. And then we'll list anything with 5 million in revenue and below, even though sometimes there's a couple companies with like 10 million revenue, but that's kind of our sweet spot, 5 million and below, because again, that's kind of the threshold where a traditional bank, it's too small for them to really run a process. Um, liquidity options are fairly limited for those types of businesses since strategic buyers want to see a little bit more scale. Traditional private equity wants to see about 10 million and above. So just saw an opportunity to help um, people running, you know, really, really nice profitable um, software businesses and help them exit those, those businesses. So to answer your question, we started small, very, very small. Um, and we still have a lot of really, really small businesses listed. But now we're starting to see some larger businesses um, get acquired on, on MicroQuire because the buyer pool is getting bigger. And uh, yeah, so I don't know, maybe next time we chat, it'll be 50 million. But right now it's like 500. And, and so like, what would you say? And that's that's a great 
summary. So what would you say you're attracting uh, on that scale? Like, are you attracting mostly the, the little guys or a lot of folks around the 5 million or is it just a general mix? Like, I guess, who are you attracting at the deepest level? Yeah, it's a good mix. Um, I would say, I mean, I don't have like a breakdown off the top of my head, but there is everything and everything. And the deals that are in each kind of subcategory, I kind of like to think of it in, in three categories. So you have, you know, under 100,000 revenue. So that's usually one founder or two. They built something and it's just lacking sales and marketing. That's a great acquisition target for someone who just wants to own a business or is looking to, you know, really go through the first steps of their first acquisition. Uh, the second bucket would be, you know, 100K to a million in revenue. Uh, lots of businesses in, in that um, bucket and those can be great businesses because they can have you know substantial profit they can have existing team members and then if i kind of had to just ballpark what is in my require based on those numbers i would say 30 percent is probably 30 percent each if i just had to like you know final answer there but over the last three months, I've definitely seen a trend on the larger tail of businesses. So businesses with 1 million in revenue and above have kind of been more of the normal listings on MicroAcquire. So we might need to rebrand to like MacPro. Yeah, that's a suggestion from a lot of people. You just put out like a cross through micro. <laughs> <laughs> MacroAcquire. MacroAcquire. Uh, that's awesome, that, especially because it's trending up. So obviously that means there's a huge need for what you guys offer. Um, what I guess like, and this is just curious, like what do you what do you see as the biggest reason, the biggest mistake that those companies are making and the biggest reason why they want to be acquired? That's a good question. So I think, you know, with a lot of entrepreneurs, they I'd like to define like what a startup is and what a business is. You can't see my two hands, but I have like two hands. <laughs> um, so a startup, your goal is to grow at all costs, like take over the market, you know, when that's, that's, you know, a pretty binary sort of view on it, but you know, there's all different types of startups. Um, but typically some startups, you know, really, uh, you know, kind of venture out to build something very, very substantial and market changing when really that's a business. And what I mean by that is it's not going to be a billion dollar company. It's not going to be even a hundred million dollar company, but it could be a five, six, seven, 10 million year business profitable. Um, and so the opportunity and the reason that most people sell on micro is they either, you know, lose momentum. They, you know, Sales and marketing is usually the, the the weak point of most businesses on MicroQuire. Not all the time. Sometimes there's some fantastic businesses owned by people that are super profitable, never raise any venture capital, and the outcomes are great. Um, but my point being is, you know, a lot of technology startups try to build this huge thing when it's really just like a $5 million market opportunity. And for one person, they want to build a billion-dollar company. And that's, you know, something they want to do. And once they kind of realize they're not on that trajectory, um, they'll look to sell the business so they can get this off their hands and they can really keep swinging at, you know, um, a bigger opportunity. And then the buyers are people that would be thrilled to run a one, two, three, four or five million a year company. So it's just, you know, the different sort of styles of building companies. One is, you know, you focus on profitability you realize your market opportunity isn't going to be the next like Google or Facebook or, or whatever. Um, and then sellers are, you know, able to go focus on, you know, building 
the size of business that they would want to build. So um, kind of a long-winded answer, but I, I hope that helps. Um, tr- typically, it's you know people looking for liquidity or they just kind of feel like they've taken the business as far as they can and they'd like to kind of pass it on to someone new who can bring some fresh energy in and hopefully grow the business even further. I can see that. Yeah. I mean, like, cause that, I run into that. I, I work with a lot of customers in that range too, or companies in that range where they're 500 K or a million revenue plus, And there's, there's, there's people that have amazing ideas, like amazing solutions, but they don't know how to sell and market it or they don't know how to develop a team behind it. Right. So I can see that being a key point. And like, here's the thing too, like I don't, I, we didn't really get a chance to talk about this, but what a lot of the, just the general market, what I'm hearing is that people think that if they get venture money, that everything's going to be solved. <laughs> like they think that's like the silver bullet. Like, but I'm like, I'm like, you guys don't even have sustainable sales left. Like I talked to one company that was in pre-revenue for nine months and I didn't even try and sell anything yet, you know? And so it's just like, yeah. so there's a lot of situations like that. Do you see, um, would you guys say you see the similar kind of trend that, that I'm seeing right now or now? Yeah. I mean, the the thing with venture capital is you're limiting your options when you raise money. And I think that's something that a lot of entrepreneurs need to, to understand and ask themselves, hopefully understand what they're signing up for. And you're really locking in um, a pretty binary outcome, which is you're, you're going to be growing this business into something very meaningful in market. And sometimes not all businesses you know, have the right team or the right, you know, market, like startups are very, very hard. So, you know, rather than blaming like venture capital, I, I probably put it on just startups are freaking hard. And so most of them just don't reach in the first like three months. You're like, Oh, we're going to do these big things. And then you get a year in and it starts to become more, you know, realistic on what you're going to achieve. Um, so yeah, I do see a lot of that. Um, you know, there's definitely some situations where, you know, Startups just need a soft landing. They've raised like a million bucks. They just want to repay their investors. And again, those are great businesses to own for a different type of operator where they're not going to be, you know, investing to the point of break even or running it in the red. Um, you know, they want to run it in the black and they want to be profitable. They want to kind of, you know, focus on really um, efficient customer acquisition strategies rather than just hire 50 salespeople and stuff like that. So again, it, it just, it comes down to a different frame of, of styles of building companies. But yeah, I see a lot of that where, you know, there's a few investors on the cap table and the founders are just looking to move on to something new. Um, and MicroGuard allows them to do that. They're happy because they, you know, get a soft landing, their creation gets to go over to someone else. And um, yeah, so I agree with you. Cool, man. Well, let's talk, let's shift gears a little bit. Let's talk about, you mentioned efficient customer acquisition strategy. And I know Kevin's been helping you out, doing some great marketing things over there. So, I mean, and I, I said that kind of joking around, but I think you're serious with your post where you had 9,000% growth. And I think you went from what, zero to 500K ARR. Are you at 500K now? It looks like. I was trying to look at your projection. Uh, I think I'm at like 420. Um, okay in nine months, right? Something like that. So we, we started, um, we rolled out the premium subscription program in September. And that was honestly kind of just like a, uh, maybe this work. Um, the reason, uh, that was rolled out was you, I would 
every startup on microcore before it goes live is manually approved by me. And so when I press, you know, okay, approved, profile looks great, the founder, you know, is ready to meet potential buyers, uh, they would be inundated with requests. And so the battle became, you know, who's serious, who's not serious. So we put this in as kind of like a filter. Um, so again, no commissions, no fees or anything like that at this point. Um, and that's up to, yeah, 420,000. And I don't know if Kevin, you want to speak on that. Um, you've been crushing it on the Instagram account, the Facebook ads. and uh, Yeah. Um, I mean, I, I kind of got lucky working with Andrew because he set himself up for, you know, success whenever he started the company. I think he got really lucky with that product market fit, um, solving a really big problem. Um, but Andrew, I can't remember when you first texted me about MicroQuire, but it was prior to you launching it. And uh, I thought it was genius when, whenever you were putting it together. Uh, but I think you probably hit me up in like November timeframe, wanting some help on growth. And you were already going down a really great path. Uh, so it made my job easy. So I just came in and kind of helped him out with some performance marketing. Uh, we injected a lot of, uh, you know, money into uh, social media ads um, and some other channels as well. Uh, also, Andrew gets, a, <laughs> he tweets a lot um, and he, he <laughs> and his uh, engagement there has been uh, incredible as well. So there's a lot of like organic growth happening on top of the paid channel. So it's kind of just a really great mix of what's happening right now. So, yeah, and I, I mean, I know, Kevin, you're great at the paid stuff. And, and Andrew, I know I was joking around with you, but you do have some entertaining tweets that you throw out there, which is great. So I, I, I guess I, I aim to please, Ryan. <laughs> but like if we could get hyper specific, I mean, Kevin, peel back the onion a little bit, man. Give us some insights and like because that's that's awesome growth. And, you know, like Andrew, you mentioned like efficient customer acquisition strategy without hiring like 50 salespeople. How many salespeople do you guys have? Me? I don't know. Zero. <laughs> well, the CEO is always selling, right? Or the founder is always selling. So, yeah. But yeah, so that's, that's amazing. So basically walk us through what you're doing to get that growth. And we'd just love to hear a little bit more details. I know you guys did some of the hustle too. So if you could talk about that a little bit, that'd be pretty cool. Yeah. So we, we have a couple of paid channels that we're, working on. Um, Facebook ads have been really beneficial, Facebook and Instagram, uh, very low lead cost there. Um, but again, a part of it had to do with, with what Andrew's done prior to me coming on. And there's a lot of great organic growth happening. Uh, and the one thing that really uh, put fuel on the fire was working with the hustle. Um, and Andrew can speak to this more than I can because he's kind of got the ball rolling on that one. But it basically, it was an idea to give away a company um, to somebody that were they had to basically share the uh, the hustle story, and they won a company for up to twenty five thousand dollars, and that really pushed uh, traffic. Was it February we launched that? We had, we saw some insane insane numbers when we uh, launched that campaign. Yeah, I think that went live um, March first, and essentially what we did was, um, and we're so we've selected the winner, but to back up, um, the founder of the hustle, um, Sam Parr reached out to me on Facebook and he just kind of said, Hey, do you want to potentially do a SaaS business giveaway? And I thought it was a great idea. And we worked with, um, their team and 
rolled that out. And that definitely was um, so much fun. We made like another Russ Hanman video. I think Ryan, you mentioned that. Um, so we had a lot of fun with that. And I think that's also a, a big part of MicroPyre's strategy is just having fun, you know, because, um, you know, brand and storytelling and just being a company in the space, like people want to root for, that's just something that, you know, we enjoy doing. Um, and it's also a defensible form of marketing. Um, so with the hustle, yeah, we were doing a $25,000 SaaS business giveaway, giving away a business up to $25,000. Um, I spoke to the winner just last week. Um, we're kind of narrowing down what we're going to buy. Uh, and that should be a lot of fun too. Um, and that's the second business that we've actually given away too. So I can tell you about the first one, but, uh, yeah, with the hustle, um, talked to the winner last week and, uh, should hopefully have an announcement for what business we buy in the next couple weeks. That's cool though. Yeah. Like, yeah, I'm, I'm just going to give away a business. Like that sounds cool. <laughs> what, was yeah. the, what was the first one you guys gave away? I didn't know you guys did this before. So, uh, the first one was with, um, uh, another individual, um, Sean, who does a podcast with Sam called my first millions. And I reached out to him and just said, do you want to give away a $5,000? There's always $5,000 businesses like micro micro SaaS, basically like, you know, simple applications, couple users, um, enough to just kind of you know, get someone going if they don't have an idea. And they just said, hey, I'm willing to give one away. Um, and he tweeted it out. It kind of blew up. And then the long story short is that kind of snowballed into other people um, looking to chip in and help buy a, a young entrepreneur business. So uh, got all of that taken care of. Um, I'll spare you the details because it was kind of complex. Um, but we acquired a... Uh, Shopify application doing about uh, 22,000 in profit, um, 90% margins, uh, bought it for about uh, $80,000. Um, we did 40,000 up front and then the next 40,000 after 90 days. And then I'm working with uh, the operator that we selected. Um, his name's uh, Daniel. And uh, he just graduated school and he's um, going to be working to, to grow that app. So we, um, essentially gifted him like an amazing business. And then I'm also working with him on ways to, to grow the app. So um, again, just going back to having a lot of fun. I know that's not like a, a marketing <laughs> strategy you'll read in a book, like, Hey, just have fun. And, but that's, I think kind of what we try to do with micro is just, you know, we serve entrepreneurs. Our goal is to help entrepreneurs succeed. Um, and when opportunities like this come up, we're like, yeah, let's, let's do it. It sounds fun. Yeah, I love that. I mean, because you you're coming from a sense of giving, right? So people respond well to that. And I think that's that's amazing. And, I mean, imagine how that person's life is going to change, right? right? Right out of school, you know, them having an opportunity for a business and to create something. I mean, and then get to work with you who've done it before. So I, I think that's awesome. So. Yeah. Kudos to you guys. So um, what would you say, I guess, like, you know, you obviously have grown businesses, both of you, in, in different unique ways and have worked together. Well, I mean, like, looking at it for you, the listener that, that's listening out there, what, what would you recommend to them, 
if they're trying to grow their business and, and do efficient customer acquisition, like what's an actual tangible framework that you would use to give someone insight to grow a business? Let's say they're at 500K in revenue or they're even maybe at 100K and they want to grow to 5, 10 million. Like how would you kind of approach that? How would you guys look at that? And um, we'd love to hear your thoughts on that. Yeah, I mean, one thing that I would recommend is this is one thing that I would say Andrew's really good at. Um, I've never seen a CEO operate the way he does. Uh, he's willing to get his hands dirty and move really fast and just execute. Like he's just an execution machine. So one of the things that he did really well with MicroAcquire is produce tons and tons of content, um, not only just on social media and like the, you know, uh, the Twitter posts and stuff like that, but he built a bunch of content around educating entrepreneurs and how to sell a company and all the things that are involved with selling the company. Um, but I think a lot of people don't move fast enough when it comes to content producing. If you're not out there, your voice isn't heard, you're not going to be found. Uh, but it's a, it's a, a channel that takes a long time to develop. So you got to start sooner than later. Um, and then if you are profitable or if you have revenue um, or, or cash in the bank, there's also the paid channels. Um, and with paid, it's a, it, it's a great opportunity to do the paid route because it's predictable revenue, right? Mm -hmm. Usually your organic marketing sometimes isn't super predictable. SEO can usually get you there, but like with the viral tweets and stuff like that, that you just don't know where that's going to go month to month. Even like the, the hustle giveaway, you know, that was a big peak in February, but it's not a predictable revenue source. So that's where the pay channels can come in, especially for that 500K mark. It's time to like put fuel on that fire and make sure that um, you got a, a really well built customer journey, a process set up to make it as efficient as possible. Love that, man. What about you, Andrew? Do you, do you got any insights on that as well from your thought or your perspective? Yeah, I, I'm going to go a little more broad because um, people ask me all the time, like, how do I get more customers? Like, what's like uh, the best customer acquisition strategy? Most of the time, I think you don't need advice. Um, what you need to do is talk to your customers. Like, you need to figure out, you know, and that's where content ideas come from. You know, what questions are your customers asking you? Um, what do they care about? Um, what do they like about your service? What do they hate about your service? Um, getting them to write reviews about your service, you know, having them tell your brand story for you. Um, I think that's one of the things that I've seen just a lot of entrepreneurs kind of stray away from um, in the past couple of years. I don't know why, maybe it's just my um, tunnel perspective, but I think a lot of entrepreneurs try to build this, like I call it like the vending machine where it's like people show up, they put money in it. You never have to talk to them and everything just works and it just prints money and it's just like th this is entrepreneurship but in reality it's like you got to talk to customers like you got to you know build relationships not just with not just with paying customers but also with non-paying customers and kind of like build this sort of like this engine of just constantly learning your market like learning from even your competitors like be friends with them and like figure out you know how can you work together or you know people who might not agree with what your service offers or, you know, you lose a deal, like learn from your losses and then learn from your wins. And uh, I guess what I'm just trying to say over and over and over is there's just so many different um, ways in which you can talk to customers to learn about how to improve your business from why they chose a competitor or why they chose you or what they don't like about your service or what would they recommend it? What, do, what content do they where do they even read content other than you? So 
my answer is cheesy and probably just, <laughs> you know, but it's true. It's when you build these relationships with your customers and the key is to truly, truly care, like truly want to listen. Like you can't just go on the calls and be like, thanks. Like I just answered my five questions. Have a good day. Like you got to really like, you know, be able to like drill deeper, like, you know, what, okay, that happened. Like, how could I improve that? Or, um, you know, the more you love your customers, the more, you know, open you'll be to picking up Zoom, not phone, Zoom, clicking Zoom on your computer, just understanding your customers. I think the companies today that win are the ones that understand their customers the most and build the most customer affinity um, and creates like a word of mouth sort of flywheel. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I, well, I think those are both great strategies because like, I mean, personally, I learned so much more about my customers when, like you're saying, and when I started talking to them directly, continuously, right? Not just kind of passively, but aggressively, like trying to understand and really focus on the tangible outcome that I could get them. That's the other thing that, that I've seen too, but I love what you're saying. So, so basically to wrap a bow on it, Andrew, you're saying just like know the market inside and out every single way possible and then serve that market, right? And then Kevin, you're saying organic, you know, as the foundation and then, you know, pour the, the the paid ads on top of it to like scale that really fast. Is that like a good, really short summary, guys? Yeah. Yeah. That's kind of like the combo too. Like I <laughs> kind of like get this part going and Kevin just kind of take, runs with it. <laughs> um, so and JP is giving you some love. Um, JP's in the comments is saying he loves he loves you guys. Saw you um, found you guys last week. Loves what you're doing. And was talking about building ecosystem partnerships, which is interesting. So let me ask you this: How do you create that rapid content creation? Because literally, I see people struggling with that all the time. And we were talking before, and it seems like some of it comes natural to you. But I'd love to hear what you guys do to create content at light speed. Cause content keeps coming up on every guest I have uh, about how important it is. So what would you guys say to not just create rapid content, but amazing content? I guess I'll, I'll start where I think a lot of people get stuck in terms of content creation. And I think they just kind of care so much about what other people are going to think about them. Like I need this LinkedIn post to be perfect. And it's like, no, you don't. I think, um, I guess the way I think about it is I just try to post stuff that I would like to read. And if people don't like it, I don't care. I like it. Like, and when you have that sort of mindset, it just makes it so much easier because you're not thinking about it all the time. You're just like, I don't know. I'd like to share this. I, it, this is something I learned over my career. Um, so I think just, you know, not thinking so much. And then, when you put out more content, you can start to see a pattern of like, okay, this one really resonated with people. Why don't we break this out into maybe a longer form blog post? And then from there you can think, okay, why don't I take this really nice blog post to make a beautiful um, ebook? And then why don't I break out this ebook and turn it into some Google slides and maybe record something for YouTube. So you have this whole content flywheel that you just created off of like a single tweet or something like that. So I think, you know, just, kind of almost like uh, working out. Like you just kind of, you, you got to find your tone, your voice, um, your niche, your audience, who are you speaking to? Um, and the only way to really find that is to just kind of start. And then you start to pick up some uh, 
you know, some people that enjoy your content and then you figure out, you know, other ways to create additional content based on, um, you know, just the little snippets. Um, yeah, I, I, I would say people just kind of maybe overthink um, content creation, but the, the really good content um, definitely comes from a little bit of a, a data-driven approach, I think. No, I'll, I'll agree with Andrew there. Um, I think I learned this from Andrew as well, um, speed of execution. Um, it, it, he's spot on when people get too caught up in like making things perfect. Uh, and I, you know, before meeting Andrew, I think I was in that trap too, where I want everything to be perfect before you send it out. Uh, but yeah, I, I talked to a lot of my clients and they're, they're scared to like write something or do a video or talk with their customers. Um, but honestly, Andrew said it too, the more stuff you put out there, you'll start seeing which one's um, being the most effective. And what I always tell people, just create tons of value. Like some people are afraid to give everything away, but like, you're not going to give everything away in a, a 10 minute video or whatever, you know, whatever you're doing, whatever your service or product you're doing is a lot more than just a 10 minute video. So give as much value as possible up front. Yeah. I mean, I, I know that from when we, we spoke before Kevin, you've always kind of mentioned that. And uh, like, it's funny. Do you guys know Shay Robottom at all? Have you seen her stuff on LinkedIn? I don't think so. I know you're talking about. Yes. Yeah. So she's got a pretty monster following. I think she's up to like 450,000 people. And I had her on my summit and that was her thing. She's just like, she kills it on video on LinkedIn. She's probably the best at video on LinkedIn from what I've seen. And she's like, I literally just give my best stuff away for free. Like that was like one of her core strategies on why she's grown so much because she, she shares it. And she's like, eventually like people can't digest it all or execute or implement it all. So then that's when they come to you and they want you to help them. Right. So, um, but I think that's a great summary, guys, both on the paid side and then on the organic side. So we're, we're just about up on time, though. So it's been awesome having both of you guys doing the three-man weave. I think you're literally the first uh, three-man weave that I've done, like, since I've started the show. So <laughs> the yeah, I, I, like, I feel like we're on, like, ESPN. Like, um, I feel like I'm in the one that should be, like, moderating. So I'm in the middle. <laughs> we were debating. Like, oh, what was that? Um, pardon the interruption. Is that what you're thinking of? Or you're sitting yeah. there with two guys kind of like <laughs> yeah. talking minutes, go at each other. So I don't I mean, I didn't even plan it this way, but you got the middle. Well, I got the I got the logo on my face. <laughs> <laughs> you gotta dip down a little bit, man. You gotta get, get, get below the logo. I got I got I'm branding up there. You're a marketing guy, you know that. By the way, if anybody knows uh, Ryan, he's a big Cubs fan, so I had to wear my my Cardinal shirt today. Yeah, Kevin wanted to antagonize me, which is okay. <laughs> I deserve it. So, 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 guys, where can everyone find you? What's the best way that they can learn more about you? And um, let's take it from there. Uh, just dial nine one one. Kevin, remember that video we made? <laughs> yeah, sorry. Uh, it, it's a joke. Don't do that. Um, just follow me on Twitter, agazdecky, or uh, add me on LinkedIn, Andrew Gazdecky. How about you, Kevin? Uh, you can find me on brandarrow.com or uh, on Twitter. It is just Kevin Shragi. Kevin Shragi, love it. Not Shragi. That's crazy. <laughs> That's why I said it. That's why I said it, man. I had to correct the wrong uh, before the end of the show. So, anyways, it was awesome having you on, guys. Today I smiled a lot, which is always huge in business. You do keep it. Uh, you do. You do. You, you guys are relaxed. That's why I love having you on today. And 
look forward to seeing you more. And uh, thank you, everybody that joined us today. I look forward to seeing you on the next episode. Thanks, Ryan. Appreciate it. Thanks, Ryan. Thank you for spending the time with me today. I know that time is one of the most valuable resources, so I truly honor and appreciate you coming along this journey with me. One of the things that I want to ask you is if you really truly enjoyed this and know someone that this can make an impact on, please share this episode with them. If you're on a journey for financial and lifestyle freedom, it is always exponentially better if we're building a tribe with like-minded people who are on the same journey. In addition, I have an amazing PDF for you that could be career changing in terms of the content. Essentially what it is are the top 10 questions that every big customer is asking behind closed doors that no one is telling you about. I'll put a link for it in the show notes. So check it out. It's my free gift for you for being a part of this launch and being a part of this journey with me. And I hope to see you soon.